Hi. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Here we go. Hour two with you, I'm Matt. Just getting started. Welcome back to the studio, the Farm Bureau Studio, the Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. All right, so text me, call me, feel free to comment on the live stream. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, hey to y'all, streaming live to you today here from the Bureau in North Mississippi, Tupelo, Mississippi, the birthplace of the king, the birthplace of Elvis. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, uh, yeah, so feel free to comment that way or shoot me a text on the country-pleasing text line, 885-ESPN, 601 number, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. On Facebook, Ginger with a reminder that college softball starts this Friday. You know, and that's good to know. in, In the last couple of years, whenever I would watch college softball in the postseason, it's fun. And I'd come away going, man, I need to get into this more. And like follow it throughout the year a little closer than we have. And so we're going to do that this year, Ginger. No question. We're going to do that. We're going to follow it closer this year. Glad to know that it's going to be underway because we're going to need it. We're going to need softball and we're going to need college baseball because this major league lockout deal is not going anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately. Um, that sort of is what it is, I guess. Nothing we can do about it. They don't care whether we get to watch baseball or not. They just care about their money, both sides for that matter. Will on YouTube says, everyone wants to talk about uh, J.D. Note and Jabari Smith, but how about Scottie Pippen Jr., what he's doing at Vandy? Big time, like heart and soul. Well, and like we said, I mean, Vandy surprisingly what? I think they're three games, two or three games above 513 wins. And, um, you know, conference record is respectable. They are competitive. They definitely are. And I don't know that they would be without that guy. He is uh, hes big time. <clears throat> a few text messages over here on the country, please, and text line, and we'll, we'll jump into that baseball discussion. Tommy, has, uh, Tommy said, banana pudding with vanilla wafers? He goes, is your head really six inches taller than your hair? Thanks for my tomfoolery. Tommy, what are we even talking about right there? Yeah, no, it's it, the the intro doesn't say anything about how much taller I am than my hair. It just says he's not bald, he's just taller than his hair is. You're the one who came up with six inches. <laughs> Tommy, listen closely. Yes, and any good banana pudding has Nilla wafers. They're not vanilla wafers, they're Nilla wafers. Any good banana pudding has that. Beaver, can you can you would you back me up on that? You know, I have seen banana pudding that doesn't have wafers in it and it's been okay. It's it's been okay. Yeah. But I remember when my mom used to make it. She refuses to make it these days. I want it more than ever and she refuses to make it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time she has. But anyway, she always puts nail wafers in it. So, real homemade banana pudding, I guess. Yeah, I'll stand behind you on that. Right. Let me say two things about good banana pudding, or as we like to call it here in the South, nanner pudding. 
Okay, Tommy. Now, it says Tommy Anaheim. Now, Anaheim being in California, maybe you're not from around here. I don't know. But I'm just telling you. If it's real, if it's the real thing, it's got Nilla wafers in it. In fact, if it didn't have Nilla wafers in it, it really ain't banana pudding. Okay? It's just not. Here's the other thing. Don't give me some of that runny stuff. If your banana pudding can have a spoon stuck down in it, pulled out of it, and then you can pour the banana pudding out of your spoon, it'll pour out. I don't want it. Nobody else wants it either. (laughs) It should be formed, thick, and solid. And you can pick it up in a spoon and turn that spoon sideways and it don't go anywhere. If it falls off, it falls off, but it certainly doesn't run off or drip. That's banana pudding. There you go, Tommy. Thank you, man. Hogjow, Texas, shows that actually Musselman started sports shirts while he was at Nevada Stackhouse. Had a three-piece suit on last night. I saw that. I guess some dressing up, dressing down. Guess what it means? Nothing. And I still, to this day, I believe this. Nobody can convince me otherwise. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm a pragmatic person. I approach things that way. A men's necktie has no purpose. None. None at all. You can't put a purpose on it. Get rid of them. Stop wearing them. I'm never putting one on again. Tired of it. Going along, just go with the flow. Put on a necktie because they say you got to put on a tie. Nope. Will not do it. No purpose. Serves not one purpose. Never. It, the necktie for men has not served any purpose, any real purpose, in a hundred years. <laughs> Since they started making shirts that were button-up shirts and collars, you can button collars down. Some of them you don't even have to. Stiff starts collars. There it is. Back when shirts didn't button all the way up. Collars flopped all over the place. Guess what a necktie did? It tied it all together. Kept it up. Kept it up around your neck. That's what the tie was for. As soon as they started making putting buttons on them and stiff collar, you didn't need a necktie anymore. And so then what we do? The whole world. Well, let's, let's make a decorative tie. Just put it on for decoration. Just clip it on. Tie it on. Bow ties, neckties, just for looks. What are you talking about? What are you? Time out. What are you talking about looks? Hold on a minute. Well, Matt, your, your, your suit. Okay, it matches. It's for looks. No, 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 no. No, sir, it's not for looks. It ain't neither. These pants are doing what? Covering up my legs. <laughs> I don't care what they look like. They serve a purpose. That shirt you got on underneath your suit. Yeah, it serves a purpose, a very clear one. Even the coat. Does it serve a purpose? Yeah. Covers up your shirt, keep you warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> serves a purpose. That tie? 
Not one purpose ever. Period. Never had a purpose. And all y'all wore them to everything. Every time somebody told you, put on a tie, guess what you did? Put one on. Never even stopped to ask why. Look, and I'm in the group too, okay? Been doing it my whole life also. This is a uh, black tie event. This is a formal event. A coat and tie is required. Well, guess what? I ain't coming. <laughs> For I'm telling you, <clears throat> as a joke, when they put me in the casket, they were going to stick a tie on me. Guess what? That'll be the next time. Remember I told you. I ain't living that way anymore. I just am not doing it. Everybody says, okay, this wave of social norm. You ought to just get on the wave and ride. Wave of social norm. We wear ties. It's what we do. Just put one on and forget it. Nope. Mm-mm. I can defend most everything else you're putting on. What about that hat on your head, Matt? Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> Take a look under that hat. That's easy. <laughs> I could even tell you the purpose is the Mississippi State University Golf Course, one of the sponsors of this radio show, gave me this hat. So if you're watching the live stream, you get an example of the kind of hats they sell. Okay, there's a purpose. There is a purpose. Man's got a handkerchief stuck down in his pocket. What about that, Matt? Yep. If it's a real one, guess what you do with it? You blow your nose in it. Or if you haven't already blown your nose in it, you take it and your wife needs to wipe. Maybe the lipstick got out of order. She wipes a little of that off. Maybe she kisses you on the cheek before you go into Sunday school. Hey, take that handkerchief, wipe the lipstick off. <laughs> it serves. A, put it in the washing machine, wash it, put it back in your pocket. Don't give me those decorative pocket squares. You know what that is? A piece of nothing. An expensive joke. That's what that is. But a handkerchief now, it's different. We got a purpose now. Neckties, not one purpose. Ever. Never had one. Everybody went along with it. I'm through going along with it. So you know what? Coaches, take them off. I'm with you. That's how all this started. <laughs> Hog Jowl, that's how it all started. Hats off to Coach Muss. Musselman, when he was at Nevada, got rid of the tie. Stupid is what it was. Nobody ever even asked. Oh, okay, I'll put on a tie because she said I... We can have some fun with this, can't we? All right. Where was I? Who am I? What day is this? Uh, okay, here we go. War Eagle Rich. <clears throat> Matt, are you the get-off-my-lawn guy? Hey, well, Rich, I might have just proven that <laughs> over the last 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, War Eagle Rich says, Matt, are you the get-off-my-lawn guy? Auburn played without starting point guard last night, and then after the game, the Arkansas coach danced shirtless with the students. Is he acting like an idiot as well, or is it just bad when Bruce celebrates with his team? Rich, I'm going to be totally honest with you. It's stupid when he did it too. 
Because you and I both know what it is. Okay? Listen, you and I both know what it is. It's strictly for attention. That's all it is. <laughs> okay? It's like when Bruce Pearl goes up in the student section at a football game, paints his face, and pulls his shirt off. Okay? What is he doing? He's getting attention. What is the purpose for what he's doing? Well, the purpose was to get attention. Period. It's a show. Okay? Does Bruce Pearl in his right mind really want to go out there and just hang out shirtless with the students? No. He doesn't. He can tell you otherwise. Guess what? I don't believe it. Just like I don't believe there's a purpose for a necktie. I don't believe that either. And so, last night, in the celebration of all of that, and Musselman takes his shirt off and puts his arm brace back on. <laughs> I mean, it ain't like it was just, you know, it ain't like it was just effortless for him. The guy's had something wrong with his arm. He's got it in a sling. Okay, so the sling is on top of the shirt. <laughs> so in order for him to go shirtless and have the sling on, took a lot of effort for Coach Musselman last night at Arkansas. He had to take the brace off, probably had to have some help, have some help getting his shirt off, and then have some help getting his arm back in the sling, and then back out here with, hey, I'm shirtless and we're celebrating. Ain't this great? Everybody look at me. <clears throat> I'm just going to say this about Bruce Pearl going shirtless and dancing around like Karate Kid, like a goofball. Seems good in the moment because they're in the business of drawing attention. And I'm going to say the same thing about Musselman last night. Pull his shirt off and walk around shirtless with a sling. Okay? Look at me. Draw attention. I'm just going to say this. And if it comes back to bite me in the butt, okay, fine. You can't. You're not going to behave. In a non-Mike Shashevsky way, and then go get Mike Shashevsky results. It won't happen. You will not behave in a non-John Wooden way and go get John Wooden results. It won't happen. Now, that may not be the goal. <laughs> Let's, okay, I mean, you know, give them some truth serum and ask them. Maybe the goal isn't to get Mike Krzyzewski results. Maybe it's to go out here and recruit like crazy and fill the gym and let's all cash in and get a new lifetime contract and, I don't know, maybe compete for one national championship in 10 years. Have one good team win the SEC tournament. I, I don't know. I don't know what to go. Maybe it's not, but I'm telling you this. I believe this. It goes for football coaches, too. Find me an example, an equivalent in football. You're not going to go out here and do a bunch of non-Nick Saban behavior and then turn around and get Nick Saban results. Not happening. So that's what I think. Rich, I'm all for having a good time. Have a... You know, hey, sun's out. Get some sun. Vitamin D, right? 
Get a little suntan. It's hot. Take your shirt off. Do what you want to do. It's your life. I'm not judging one way or the other. But reality is reality. These coaches dancing around. Make sure the camera's on. You got your camera on? Okay, watch this. Karate Kid. Woohoo! Pull my shirt off. Put my arm sling back on. We know what it is. It's a sports version of a necktie. It's for show. There ain't nothing genuine about it. That's what that is. Oh, it'll help me recruit. Okay. Well, before you go to bed at night, just check your bank account. That way you sleep well. I guess. H. Day says, Matt, you need a spectacular theme song like the Fine Bomb Show. Ha ha, just kidding. That song is awful. <laughs> hey, H. Day, don't you know that when Beaver is here, you're never supposed to say that name? Now, I don't I mean, y'all are welcome to text or call and ask him. I don't know what it is. Beaver's really got something against them. He didn't like him. He didn't even say his name. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> don't say it too many times. Something may pop up. Somebody does have a, a text here agreeing with me that, yeah, real banana pudding has to have Nilla wafers. Um, now, JB texted and said, I love cookie pudding. My grandma makes it without the bananas, but still uses the wafers. Therefore, we call it cookie pudding. <laughs> when the wafers are soft, it's the best time to eat it. Let the cookies marinate. He just doesn't like bananas. All right. Three Hump Camel says, if y'all are confused about this pudding stuff, just go to Mama Hamels. They got it figured out. Hey, and in North Mississippi, Three Hump Camel, the other day, I went to Brooks Grocery. Uh, it's a new store we have in Tupelo. And I bought some that they had made. And let me tell you, that's some of the best banana pudding I've ever had. Mason from Wesson was laughing at me. He said, dang a necktie. <laughs> that's an interesting way to say it. Hey, and that's right, Mason. The next time your wife tells you you got to put one on, look right at her and say, dang a necktie. <laughs> Stupid. And we just go along with it. It's like, don't wear white after Labor Day. Why? Nobody can tell you why. They could tell you why 150 years ago when everybody was riding horses. Because that's where it came from. Uh, Jamie on Facebook. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, Jamie, look right down at the bottom of the screen. The number to call and text is always scrolling on the live stream. You see it right there? There's a number. The text number and the call number. 601-885-ESPN. It's a number to text the show. 885-ESPN. Jason in Flagstaff says, uh, could you go up to the Pentagon and explain the tie thing to them for our dress uniforms? I'd pay to see that. Well, see, that's the thing about it, Jason. People can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want to do. It ain't up to me, and I realize that. But I can have an opinion just like they can. I can have a way that arrange and sort of structure my life just like they can. I can make that choice. Okay? They have set up, this is the way the military is going to be. We're going to wear a tie with a dress uniform. This is what we do. And you have made the choice, right? I don't, I think, I don't think you got drafted. Made the choice. You, you go and 
And by doing so, it's their rules. It's their organization. You abide by their rules. It's like if I go take a job tomorrow, if I go tomorrow and apply for a job at, you know, at Mississippi State and get a job, and John Cohen says to me, okay, when you show up tomorrow, in this job you wear a tie. Well, guess what? If I want to, if I want the paycheck, he says wear a tie. I have to put one on, whether I like it or not. But as it stands right now, I have the wherewithal to say, I ain't wearing one. <laughs> not doing it. Flowtown Ghost says, uh, "Homecoming Queen is going to come in next week and ask you to wear something." Yeah, probably so. Mm-hmm. And then you know they, your wife looks at you and she bats those eyes at you, and reminds you of how much she loves you, and you're like, "Okay, give me the tie." <laughs> Right? Then we all been there. Bill in Madison says, Matt, 100% agree on ties. Same thing for hard-soled shoes. Should be a crime to be uncomfortable. Yeah, but the difference on the shoe thing, they may be hard-soled, they may be uncomfortable in one person's opinion, maybe not in the other, but the shoes serve a very clear, understandable, justifiable purpose. Beaver, I promise not every show is like this. I mean, we have a lot of shows where there's really hard-hitting, urgent content. <laughs> it's not like this every time, I promise. It's not just when you're here. Uh, we'll see what happens next here in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, hey, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here, right now. <laughs> this is fantastic. Now, this is the kind of content I got into this business for. And it ain't box scores, okay? Yeah, the occasional game recap because we all watch a big game or something or the preview. Okay, fine. But this right here is better. It's telling you, this stuff is better, and I'm about to prove it. It started. This is the chain, all right? By the way, welcome back to the show in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. It started with coaches uh, dressing down. They're taking the ties off and the coats and stuff. And that, you know, and, we've, and then the conversation, one thing to another, I'm not wearing any more ties. Ties don't serve a purpose. They never have. It's strictly for show. It's stupid. We all just get on the wave of social norms and ride it. Makes no sense. We don't question it. You know, okay, you see what I'm saying? One thing, and I throw in a comment about handkerchiefs. (laughs) They serve a purpose. Wipe stuff down, wash them. Blow your nose in it, wash it. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm with that. Because I'm going to be honest with you. God gave me... He gave me a leaky snout. <laughs> I'm somebody who needs a handkerchief, all right? And Chuck has brought this to the radio show. Chuck on the YouTube live stream says, ironically, 
Native Americans thought that the European habit of using a handkerchief to blow their nose was barbaric. They couldn't figure out why anybody wanted to save snot. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, <clears throat> where else can you get this is what I'm saying. And I'm enjoying this now. We get into more fashion stuff. We might have to go back three hours. <laughs> uh, a couple of things. Unnamed Texture said, um, not your mama's banana pudding with chessman cookies in it is awesome. Not your mama's banana pudding. I'd love to try that. Jason and Flagstaff, talking about Brooks Grocery, where I got that good banana pudding. Started in Iuco, a whole bunch of mamas responsible for their deli recipes, which is why it's good. I'm telling you, some of the best banana pudding I've ever had. Bought it the other day. Now, they're proud of it. Give them that. Uh, Wally said that if he had to travel a lot or had to wear a suit and tie all the time for his job, he'd have to make a significant amount more money than he's making right now to commit to do that. Walton went Beetlejuice on us there. And then uh, Anthony from Tupelo says, it's funny that you it's funny you say that about these coaches. I follow a good many state fans on social media. Uh, 90% of them want a basketball coach that acts like Bruce Pearl. Well, hey, I'll get, I should say this too, whether it's Pearl or, you know, like Musselman last night, who seems like a fun guy. Who are some other examples? You know, there's, there's other examples in other sports. You know, uh, the coaches who have big personalities and they'll just let it rip. There's one thing you say about a Bruce Pearl. It's never boring. It's just not boring. Okay. And that's, that's a good thing. It's just not boring. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. But the other part of that too, Anthony, is we admit, you know, winning is never boring. Losing can get boring real quick. Right. We have to remember that also. Okay, uh, yeah, it was somebody on the live stream, maybe it was Ginger, uh, yeah, who on Facebook reminded us that you got softball starting on Friday, this Friday, the 11th. The following Friday, the 18th will be opening day for college baseball, SEC baseball. Um, we've, we've covered that. But you're not going to have any Major League Baseball anytime soon. Let me give you an update. Now, I understand that you as a listener to this show, you can really go to a lot of places and find um, you can go to a lot of places and find information about the, the major league lockout and you know there's lots of talk about it, that kind of thing. But here's an update for you, and I wanted to bring something to you that I came across that I thought was pretty significant. Okay? Let me give you an update. This is as of today, about one hour ago. Yankees right-handed pitcher Garrett Cole. And, and just yes, Garrett Cole, he always putting sticky stuff on the baseball. They finally started you know hammering down on pitchers using sticky stuff to get a better grip, all these strikeouts, and Garrett Cole's spin rate went down and they started hitting him all over the ballpark last year. Yeah, he's one of those. He's a cheater. Okay. Well, you can call it that, but really since the beginning of baseball, pitchers have been putting stuff on the baseball. But anyway, okay, it's the same guy. Today, it's an hour ago, Garrett Cole weighed in on the lockout 
with Major League Baseball and the Players Association, owners versus players, at odds. He said, I was at our Players Association meeting in Arizona, and it was exciting to see solidarity this high. We had 100-plus players show up and are united to protect the integrity of the game. It says here, many of the players in the Major League Baseball Players Association officials are meeting this week in Arizona. So, so keep in mind, you got Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Baseball. He works for the owners. So you got commissioner and owners on one side of this, players on the other. Well, the players are having their own meetings because Major League Baseball, within the last week, got a proposal from the players, turned it down, of course, said, hey, we'll, have a, we'll give you guys our counter-proposal. Just hold on. And then two days later, they didn't give them a counterproposal. The owners said, uh, we want the federal government to come in and mediate this. The players went, hold on a minute. You said you were going to have a counteroffer. And the next thing we hear from you, after about 40 days of not getting to meet with you, the next thing we hear from you is mediation from the government. Forget it. See you. And we're going to have our own meeting in Arizona. So not even meeting. Yeah. Meanwhile, the owners are having their own meetings. Now, I want you to get this straight, y'all. You're a fan of baseball. I'm the Braves, man. Chop, chop. I'm a Braves fan. Here we go. World champs. And right now in the middle of a lockout, the players are meeting with themselves in Arizona. And the owners are meeting with themselves in Orlando, Florida, just outside of Disney World. Now, I want you to think about that a minute. We're talking about <laughs> delaying spring training, probably going to delay the start of the season or worse. Everybody's meeting at the same time, just not with each other. Now, tell me what sense that makes. Y'all are having meetings. They're having meetings. Here's an idea. Why don't you have a meeting in the same place with each other? You talk about a standoff. This is what you need to hear. Trevor May is a pitcher for the New York Mets. Trevor May has a Twitch live stream where he got to talking about Rob Manfred. And this was in the last couple of days. It's a major league player. Listen to what he said about Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, who's in charge of the negotiations on behalf of the owners. He works for the owners. Listen to what a player, this is Trevor May, said that we need to understand. It's just a big stupid game, guys. And and I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a good little a good little uh, I think context, a good way to look at this whole situation so that you understand how this timeline's going to play out. And if you think that there's like good faith or negotiation happening right this minute, there isn't. Um, there is a game plan being run, a, a playbook that Rob Manfred has, and he is going to play the playbook no matter what we say. We are going to probably, in my opinion, there's probably going to be something missed, probably spring training mostly, because spring training, first of all, you don't pay players in spring training, so the leverage on their end isn't as high during spring training as it is during the season. They're going to miss spring training. This is Major Leaguer Trevor May. Listen to what he said about Manfred himself. 
He's just not somebody who is not going to use every ounce, him and his, all of his people that he put around him, his team, all the executives are going to leverage every single ounce of le like everything. They're not, it's not going to, they're going to put every, every, they're, they're not going to leave this situation thinking that they could have inferred because it's not a good faith. This isn't a mutually beneficial situation. They want to win. So in the past, there's been an element of like respect for the game of baseball and tradition and romantic, a romantic, like they like baseball. Those things are not in, on Rob's radar. They're just not that important to him. It's just that simple. He just doesn't really, really think about the fan as a fan. He doesn't really think about the player as people. He thinks about all of us as a dollar sign and he wants to move the pieces in order to maximize the number of dollar signs that go to his bosses. That is just the way that it is. That's Trevor May. He's speaking as a player, familiar with their side of the argument. And they say you have a commissioner that in the past, the negotiations you've had, even when you've had past work stoppages and lockouts, you've had people on both sides that were trying to come to the negotiating table in good faith going, we got to get something worked out, protect the game of baseball. And said, you have a commissioner. And, and I would just say as a fan, the way things have been handled the last couple of years from broadcast and everything else, you can see it. You now have a commissioner who just doesn't care about any of that. Who The only thing that Rob Manfred is concerned with is winning the negotiation. That's it. It's the only thing. It ain't starting baseball. It ain't having baseball. It ain't figuring out a way that you can watch your team play. Maybe that's what the owners want. They're missing an opportunity. Stick around. Hey, if you love football, so does he. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Nobody breaks down quarterback play better than him. And he's right here, right now. All right, rolling along with you here on a Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. If you're on the live stream or texting me, however you're being a part of the show, I do appreciate it. Got the phone line open to you, so give me a call on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. You're... Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., means Divinity's been doing it better, longer than anyone else, right here at home at Divinity. So the number to call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Give me a call. Whatever you want to get into is fine with me. There was a one more question about um, all these players going to the combine, lots of running backs and receivers, as you can imagine. And just going to the combine does not mean you're going to get drafted. But uh, quarterbacks, 10, 12, 14, 15 quarterbacks are going to that combine. It obviously does include Matt Corral, threat to go in the first round. Sam Howell, North Carolina, another guy people project as somebody going out there and taking him in the first round. Tell you who Howell reminds me of. Oh, what was that guy's name? The guy out of Oklahoma State a few years ago who went to Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph. That's who Sam Howell reminds me of. Uh, let's see. Others. Kenny Pickett, obviously out of Pittsburgh. Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati. And then Malik Willis out of Liberty who there are lots of projections of him going in the first round. 
you know, you watch some of the film. He was outstanding against their competition at Liberty, but stepping into some games against bigger, better competition, like when they played Ole Miss, he didn't look that good because he didn't have much around him. <laughs> but all the tools are certainly there. Now, other quarterbacks who are going to that combine. Cole Kelly from southeastern Louisiana. Y'all remember that name? That's that big 280-pound quarterback used to be at Arkansas. Transferred to Selah. Yep, Cole Kelly, the same guy. He'll be at the combine. Dustin Crum, Kent State. Jack Cohn from Notre Dame. Caleb uh, Ellaby from Western Michigan. De'Eric King, Miami. E.J. Perry from Brown. Brock Purdy, Iowa State. Carson Strong, Nevada. Scott of Thompson, Kansas State. And Bailey Zappa, Western Kentucky, who threw for a million yards in the air raid offense at, uh, at Western Kentucky. Okay, so somebody had asked me about quarterbacks, and there's the list of QBs going to the combine. All right, um, basketball tonight, men's basketball tonight. Here on Wednesday in the SEC, there's only three games. It is 5.30 tip between Florida and Georgia. Florida is hosting Georgia in Gainesville. Florida, a big favorite. Georgia is not any good. They are 1-9 in the SEC. Although they scared the daylights out of Auburn recently, and, and their one win was over Alabama. Speaking of Alabama, they are in Oxford tonight at the Pavilion. 7.30 central tip between Ole Miss and Alabama. Uh, Alabama's 14-9. and nine. They are 4-6, and six, two games below 500 in the SEC. Ole Miss is 12-11, 3-7. So overall, Ole Miss is a game above 500 in the SEC. They're four games below. And then the late game tonight, 8 central time tip. Mississippi State hosting 19th-ranked Tennessee. Tennessee a one-point favorite. Game will be on television on ESPN2. By the way, that Ole Miss game is on the SEC Network. The Tennessee-Mississippi State game tonight at the Hump, 8 o'clock. It's on ESPN2. Of course, you can and should listen to the radio if you listen to Neil and Coach Williams. We'll come away knowing a little more about basketball than if we don't listen to them. And the pregame on the radio will start 30 minutes ahead. So wherever you're hearing my voice right now live on the radio or even on demand on the radio, you'll hear pregame starts tonight around 730 Last night in the SEC, and, and I mentioned this earlier, but it was just an incredible game. Arkansas beat number one Auburn in overtime. It was at Bud Walton Arena, and the crowd was incredible. When they won it, they stormed the court. There was a breakaway dunk as time expired in overtime. And the minute that he dunked that ball and the buzzer went off, the kid who dunked it, his feet are barely even on the floor coming down from hanging on to the rim when the students, the Arkansas fans and students, were pouring onto the floor. The entire Auburn team was still on the floor. <laughs> and it's just, you know, they'll get fined. Nobody cares about the fine, and they will get fined. It is what it is. It's money. But, you know, really and truly, from a safety standpoint, it's not great when the visiting team or the losing team, the visiting team is still out there and all of a sudden just everybody storms the floor and they're all around them. They had to get security out there to make a lane for them. Okay, but 
so nothing happened. I'm just saying. It's not like any of them got hurt. But did you hear Eric Musselman, the coach for Arkansas, in his interview after the game? They have, He was in the tunnel over there, and the celebration was going on. It was right after it was over. And he pointed out, he said, they, meaning Auburn, danced on our logo before the game, in the pregame, and we watched it. <laughs> so I'll say this. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how confident you are. You're going to go to somebody else's floor and dance around on their logo and make a show of it in the pregame? You better win. That's all I'll say about that. But the other thing I'll say is I'm not that surprised. Okay? There's no question Bruce Pearl is a, is a heck of a coach. Put a team together, recruit it, no question about it. Coach them to win ball games and have confidence – no question about it. But did you see how he behaved after they beat Alabama? Let's be honest. Bruce Pearl can behave like a real idiot sometimes. <laughs> okay? And I'm not it's not passing judgment. I'm I'm sure plenty of times I behave like an idiot. You too. Probably all do. Okay? But that does not exclude him. There are times when he behaves like an idiot. And after they beat Alabama and he's dancing around doing a karate kid and just acting like a complete idiot. And he's the coach, okay? Well, maybe sometimes when you're a coach, and even if if it's after a big win, you act like an idiot, okay, like a fool, like a goofball. Maybe, just maybe, it opens the door to your team doing that at some point too. And a few games later, you go on the road and they – act like goofballs, and in the pregame, dance on the other team's logo, and then proceed to lose in overtime. Now, Auburn may go win the whole thing this year, and this may not matter. But it mattered to Arkansas last night, and it sure was fun to watch. Put it that way. Uh, Kentucky beat South Carolina on the road by 10. LSU uh, beat Texas A&M on the road. Well, they they hung on to beat uh, Texas A&M on the road by eight. But see, LSU was up by by 20 points at halftime. LSU was up 36-16 to at halftime last night and proceeded to give up 52 second-half points but held on for an eight-point win. So LSU is a game closer to being back to 500 in the SEC, moving to five and six in the league. And Missouri went on the road last night to Nashville, and Jerry Stackhouse's Commodores, Beat Missouri 70 62. So, so Vanderbilt goes to 13 and 10, and Vandy is 5 and 6 in the SEC. Very respectable job that they're they're doing there at Vanderbilt. It dropped Missouri to 9 and 14. It's one of those teams states fixing that to go on a road and play. Well, they're actually going to play, state's going to play Missouri twice in what? In back to back games. Play them in start, we'll turn around, and go to Missouri and play them there because they had to shuffle the schedule around games getting postponed and stuff earlier in the year. Anyway, that's hoops. What was it? All right, Will on uh, YouTube said Bruce Pearl looked sweatier than his players last night. Maybe that was the whole problem. (laughs) That man sweats, you know, and they have – the coaches have started dressing down now in basketball. You don't see the suits anymore, do you? I mean, you think about this, how it's changed. Rick Stan, I don't know that 
especially in a conference game. I don't know that Rick Stansberry, during the time he was the head coach at Mississippi State, he he every SEC regular season game he ever coached in, he had a suit and tie on. And so did the assistant coaches. It's just what everybody did. And you'd take it off, but he still had the shirt and the tie on, right? Talking about the coat. Uh, and, and so early on, in, then you look at next generation coaches, early on, Bruce Pearl at Auburn. What was he? He was a suit and tie guy. <laughs> and, and, and there were lots of jokes. Is he'd sweat right through it. He'd be wearing this suit coat and just wringing wet with sweat, right? Well, they've all started dressing down now. I mean, is any are there any SEC coaches, basketball coaches, wearing a suit and tie anymore? I don't care one way or the other. I'm just saying I've, I've observed that. Be honest with you, the suit and tie thing's stupid to begin with. It's stupid for broadcasters. I've done enough of that TV stuff years ago when I had hair, and even since then, some of the stuff once the SEC network started in 2014, calling some games on TV stuff where they... They put you, you're at a ballpark or something. They put you in a suit and tie. It's stupid. <laughs> How you going to go call a baseball game in a suit and tie and you're the only person within 10 square miles that day wearing a suit and tie? Make any sense? And just as I say that, I look and there's Jerry Stackhouse, Vanderbilt's coach last night. He's wearing a suit and tie. They're at their uh, arena in Nashville. I guess not all have dressing down. Hour two coming up, Instagram. 